Hi, welcome to the Grief Awakening Podcast. My name is Elise Duzo, and I'm a grief coach and Reiki practitioner here in Nashville, Tennessee. I help guide others who are grieving to reignite their relationships with their loved ones on the other side, helping them ease the ache of grief. This is a podcast where we can have open conversations about grief and loss, mediumship, science, and I'll even tell you my story as a young widow. If you like this episode, don't forget to hit that follow button. And if you'd like to reach out to me, feel free to give me a follow on Instagram and intuitively underscore Elise. Enjoy the show. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Grief Awakening. How are you all? I hope you all had a great week. We are back with another guest episode this week. And before I introduce to you our amazing guest this week, I wanted to tell a very quick Um, sign story that happened to me just this past weekend and it's so like it blows my mind and it's just been a sign for me that I'm on the right path so I wanted to share with you because I thought it was so serendipitous Um, so on this past Tuesday August 1st I released my reignite coaching container. This is a grief support container that will be starting um, the second week of September. I'm going to put the link to it in the show notes. You guys can read about it if you'd like to. But last weekend, as I was preparing the sales page for this grief container, um, I was trying to decide on what I wanted the branding to be, you know, what, what felt right for this specific topic, for this specific thing that I'm going to be teaching about in this container. And because I'm going to be teaching people how to connect with their loved ones, I felt this connection to using a feather as part of the branding. And so I chose a really beautiful photo of this person holding a feather. And I put that, you know, in the beginning of the sales page and, you know, our loved ones sometimes will send white feathers. That's a sign from your angels, your guides, your loved ones that they are around. They'll drop feathers randomly. So, um, I thought how appropriate to use a feather for this branding when I'm teaching people how to connect with their loved ones. And so the day that I started building this sales page with the feather, I went to yoga class and that evening I was in a hot yoga studio and at the end of the class, I'm rolling up my mat and on the floor at the bottom of my mat is a white feather. Okay, like we're in a a building, we're two stories up, There are no windows that open in this class. There are just people with mats and towels. There's no way a feather could possibly even be in this room. So I picked it up all excited that I had found a feather, but not making a connection to what I had just done earlier that day. Like didn't even cross my mind. Um, But I grabbed the feather anyway, and I took it home just kind of giddy that, you know, spirit had left me a little something. And then the day before this container was to be released on Instagram um, and live, I was cleaning up this basket that I had in my closet full of beach towels because I had just gone to a pool the day before and I was kind of like refolding them and just organizing it. And as I pulled everything out of the basket at the bottom of the basket, once again, a beautiful gray and white little feather. And here I am, I'm like, okay, this is a wicker basket full of towels. How on earth did a feather get in here? And it wasn't until that moment when I picked it up and looked at it that I made the connection. The moments before I had started looking in this basket, I was thinking about my grief container that was gonna be released the very next day. 
I was thinking about how I was going to share it on social media, what did I want it to say, um, who are the people that I'm going to be calling in, how I'm going to be supporting them. And I found this feather and that's when it hit me. Spirit was literally showing me feathers as a sign of support for this beautiful container. And it just brought me so much joy to find this feather. I have both of them sitting on my kitchen counter. I'm going to hang on to them for as long as I can. Um, Hopefully they don't disappear or fly away. But I just thought that was so synchronistic and beautiful. And I wanted to share with you just one of the ways that spirit shows up and supports. It's not always, you know, I don't know if that was from a specific loved one. It just really kind of felt like from the universe, from spirit in general, just as a sign that I'm on the right path here. Um, And so I've never been more happy in my life to find a feather. (laughs) So I thought I would share that with you, um, but I really am excited for you guys to hear this conversation today with my friend, Kara Sanchez. Kara is a mom of two and she's a high school Spanish teacher turned content, grief content creator, um, after the unexpected death of her mom. Um, we're going to talk about it in this episode, but her mom passed just days after her newborn daughter was born. Um, and so we talk about that journey a little bit and that experience of losing her and the synchronicity around things that happened. And, um, after that experience, she quickly realized the importance of leaving behind a piece of your heart and created her legacy letters guided journal. So people can leave behind love, advice, and support for their loved ones because she was missing that when her mom passed so suddenly. Um, And so I'm very, very excited for you all to hear this. Kara is just such a beautiful soul. Um, I'm going to be leaving a link to purchase this journal in the show notes if you'd like to. Um, They just came out earlier this year. And if you'd like to connect with Kara, head to Instagram. She posts the funniest griefy reels content things that just kind of make um grief a little more lighthearted, and i just love watching her so without further ado this is my conversation with kara sanchez okay kara it's so good to have you on grief awakening how are you I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. I'm so happy you're here. I know we've been connecting here and there on Instagram, and so I'm excited to connect face-to-face for the first time. Um, And I know that we have some synchronicities between us, like our loved ones passing on the same day, both your mom and my partner, Jared, passing on June 11th, which I cannot believe when you told me. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of crazy because I had also connected about two or three months ago with a local artist in Chicago. And she lost her mom tragically in a car accident um, when she was younger, when she was like 15. And now she's an, a grown up you know, adult woman with children. But we did an Instagram live and she was telling me her story about how her, how her mom passed and all these things. And then she mentioned the date and I was like, stopped in my tracks. Cause like, wait, what? June 11th? Like that's my mom too. So I feel like all of these people that maybe I'm supposed to bump into or who I'm supposed mm-hmm. to have connections with, like, I don't know. It just like stuck out to me. And so I don't know. It's crazy. That's wild. Yeah. But, I have yeah. a huge connection to that number too. I was shown that number so many times this whole entire year 
on license plates, the clock, um, you know, I'd go like type in my GPS to go somewhere and it would say, you know, 6.11 miles or whatever to get there, like little things like that, like nonstop. And for a while it, um, I don't know if this happened to you, but for a while it like made me angry. I was like, I don't want to see that number. Right. Yeah. And then after a while, I, um, you know, I had gone into a meditation and talked to my partner and found the true meaning of it, which is just him being like, I'm here. Like, this is the last day I got to spend with you. So for me, it's a happy memory for you. Like it's not so much, but this is what it means to me. And I have more of appreciation for it now when I see it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I love that. So I want everyone to get to know you. Um, so as much as you feel comfortable, tell us the story about losing your mom, but also just, you know, how you grew up, what like childhood was like yeah. with her, um, what your connection was like, and then kind of what inspired you to start the Legacy Journal. Sure. So, I mean, I feel like I could talk for hours about my mom, <laughs> but I'll try to keep it a little bit abbreviated. Um, growing up, uh, we just had... I would say an exciting childhood. My parents were the type of people that just always wanted to find something to do. Like they were just so energized and we're off to concerts and traveling and hanging out with friends that literally turned into family. And I think that that was instilled in me growing up. Just the way I treat my friends, they are my family. So I, I'm very thankful for that. Um, and my mom did decide, I want to say when I was like in middle school, to change careers because she had been previously in fashion, fashion merchandising. And then she knew that she wanted a job that was a little bit more conducive with being a mom and spending more time with her kids. So she actually decided to become a teacher. So she went back to school and um, yeah, she started teaching at the high school that she attended. And she was truly like the unofficial mascot, I feel like, of her building. Like everyone knew who my mom was. They called her Jay. Um, her last name was Jacobson. So everyone just was like, hey, Jay. Um, and yeah, she would collect tickets for home football games. And I feel like she was just like the welcome committee. And just everyone, everyone knew who my mom was. And we lived in a town over, but my mom just had so many connections. So she, anytime we would go somewhere, she would bump into somebody and yeah, she was just like a very connected, well-known person. All of our students loved her when she ended up passing. We did two celebrations of life, one for family and friends. And then we did do one for the high school and just, I don't know, hundreds of students showed up and they all dropped off letters and that was so nice to open all of them and just see the type of impact that she left on their life. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, she was just a very bright, bubbly, sparkly personality. So I think that's why it was so hard for me when she suddenly passed, because I didn't know that something was wrong with her. And I just anticipated having so much more time with her because she was 57. And in my opinion, like good health, like she I don't know. I, I wish that I knew the answer of like why she passed or what happened. But um, basically, she um, was on a vacation on a trip in Italy that she had planned for like 30 friends and, you know, family. And this was a trip that I feel like it haunts me a little bit because like she was like publicizing it on Facebook and Instagram for like years and was like, everyone sign up like this is going to be so much fun. 
And like, it's just weird to me now that like she was publicizing like, hey, come to this trip. I'm this is where I'm going to die. You know, it's just kind of mm-hmm. crazy. Um, but yeah, so there is a lot of very interesting like sequences of events, I guess, that led up to her passing. Um, one of which being that I was pregnant with my second daughter. And for the first like year and a half of my my oldest daughter's life, it was like in the middle of COVID. There was just a lot of just uncertainties and just things that caused a lot of like rifting and like, I don't know, drama between my mom and I. And it was definitely not representative of like our relationship as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like there was something in me while I was pregnant that just like kept telling me to like chip away and keep trying to like mend our relationship and keep talking. And I'm I'm glad that there was like this voice inside me that that kept telling me to do that because I didn't realize that time was so short. But um yeah, last June I was um eight months pregnant and I went into labor a full month early, like literally five days before my mom's trip. And I had COVID. My husband had COVID. And they would not let him into the hospital with me. Um, and so they're like, you you can invite somebody that is COVID negative, but as of right now, any visitors have to test negative. So my mom was able to be there for me. She was in the operating room with me because I had a C-section. Uh, funny story about that is like, one of the nurses that was in the room, my mom like recognized her and she's like, Oh, that's Carolyn. Like one of my mom's old students. And they're just like <laughs> chatting it up while I'm getting hacked open. But that's just, yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> of course, like, you know, somebody. Um, but yeah, we just, it, that memory and that experience was just so beautiful because I didn't realize at the time, like that was the last time I would spend with my mom was the day that my daughter was born. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next day, my husband tested negative and they're like, oh yeah, he can come right up. And it was like a changing of the guard where my husband came in and we all like had a moment together. And then my mom left, you know, she walked out and it just, yeah, I didn't realize that that was going to be the last time I saw her. Um, a few days later when they arrived to Italy, my dad had messaged me on a text message saying that my mom had a rough flight. She wasn't feeling well. And then the day after that, just multiple phone calls. And I was like, I need to answer this. And I answered and my dad had told me like, your mom, I don't know what to tell you, like your mom passed away yesterday. And I was like, wait, what? Like how? You know, I just didn't understand. Um, But I guess she was just not feeling well. Her hands were getting clammy. She was coughing, I believe, coughing up blood. And they called an ambulance and it took, took too long by the time that they got here. She had expired. So it, I guess... It's just wild to me how that all happens, like passing so suddenly all within giving birth and she was able to be there. And it, it was a month early. Like, I don't know. I, I can't wrap my head around it. All yeah, I can... It's like she was just here. She was just yeah. here with me holding my yeah. child. Like how wild was she suffering from an illness prior to that? Um, Yes, but like nothing crazy. Like mm-hmm. she... So my mom was the type of person that was like, go, 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 go. And I feel like sometimes she didn't take the time to rest. And she had this like cough that wouldn't go away. And she kept going to the doctor and saying like, hey, like, I I don't know, like, this is like month two of this cough. And they diagnosed her with like walking 
pneumonia or bronchitis. Yeah. I honestly don't remember which one it was. Um, but like nothing where I was like, oh, like she's going to die. Like they were like, yo, here's some medicine and you should be good. You know, she, I think she was on antibiotics. So um, yeah, just definitely not something that was like a red flag in my head. Like, hey, mom, don't go on this trip. Like I just didn't anticipate. Mm. So yeah, that's that just like not a red flag in my mind of anticipating like she could have died from that, you know? So I don't know. It's crazy. That's so wild. Yeah. What was it like, like the days after you're now taking care of a newborn and like holding all this grief at the same time, something you probably never imagined you would ever have to do. It's hard enough to grieve while caring for children, but caring for a newborn, you just gave like gave birth. Like that's, that's so difficult. How did you manage those first few months? I don't even know. Um, I look back and I feel like that entire first like month and a half is a blur. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like I have very minimal memories of that time. And it's like so bittersweet, right? Because like, who wants to remember feeling that crummy? But at the same time, like that was also the first like days of my daughter's life. And I just feel so guilty that um, I don't have like solid, beautiful memories of when she was born. Because with my other daughter, I do. I do have those memories of being in the hospital and just feeling this instant connection with her and just feeling like my heart so full of love and all of these things. And I feel like for the second time around trying to navigate grief at the same time, it was just, I think I was almost overstimulated with like all of these emotions that I was feeling that like, I think I was truly in shock for mm. like a month and a half. Um. But yes, I, I think, I mean, what was key was my husband like being there for me. He had lost his mom like a year and a half before. So like he had been through this. Um, so yeah, just like really learning to rely on the people, other people that are still around you and that can help you through that time. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a very challenging season, I would say. Probably one of the toughest things I've gone through. Yeah. it's. It's unthinkable to even imagine, but it's amazing that you had support and that your partner was so supportive during that time. I mean, how could yeah. he not be right? Someone had to probably step up to and, and help you in that. Um, what was, okay. So when was the transition of like, okay, I don't want people to be left the way that I was with no, not a lot of memories or, um, missing pieces of your mom. So when did you decide, like, I need, I want to create something. Yes. And create um, the journal. So I, I will say that like instantly one of the dark, like intrusive thoughts that I had when I first found out about my mom, it was like truly within like six hours. It was like, I had a, a panic attack and a meltdown in the hospital. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like one day, this is going to be my daughter's and like, I'm going to be gone. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, it was just like this like light bulb moment that it clicked. But at that time I didn't think about doing anything about it. It was just like this epiphany that I had. Um, but I would say as the months went by and it, you know, you kind of get farther and farther from that date of last seeing them, all of these instances and circumstances arise where you feel like, you would normally be in contact with them. You'd be calling them. You'd be asking them questions, like just all of these things. And I was like, man, like I 
just feel like I'm in this void. And I wish that I had like letters from my mom. I wish I had notes from my mom. I wish I had saved more things from my mom. I was like digging through my phone, like looking for voicemails. And I'm like, man, I like deleted them all. Like uh, it just, it made me feel like I was missing a big part of something that I should still technically have with me. So I think also like having those conversations with my husband about it, like he was like, man, like I remember my mom used to make this amazing lasagna. Like I wish we still had that recipe, just things like that. And I was having a conversation with some of my girlfriends and I feel like we're all like in this weird transition in our life where we became moms and we all have a career, but we're like, "Hmm, is there something else for us out there? Like, it just feels like what we're doing isn't quite what we're meant for. There's something more for us out here. And I was like, you know, I really think a purpose of mine is to channel the grief that I have into helping others so that they're not left in the same situation. And I was like, what if I created like a diary or a journal or something that parents could fill out? That was my initial thought was for parents to leave to their children. And they're like, oh my gosh, like do that. And my one friend, she also started the podcast and she was like, Carol, you need to take bold action on this, like immediately do it. And I was like, okay. And my girls were both napping. My husband was gone. He was taking a test for like a certification for his work. And I just started cranking it out. And I was just typing and typing and typing and typing. And I think I did like half of it. And I think six hours, like it just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was just going to town. Um, but yeah, from there, it just, um, it was something I worked on over like three months and I decided I wanted to do this in February and it was out April 11th. So it took like three and a half months. I just, I don't know. I think sometimes when something just like sparks you and you get this passion, like you get in this like weird flow state and it just like happens. I don't know how to describe it. It just does. Like it just, yeah. When you're meant, when you're meant to do something, I think it's going to come out of you in a way that feels so easy. Yeah. You're like, yeah. oh my God, this just, this feels so easy to put together. Like this just lights me up. And uh, these are all the things that mm-hmm. um, like creatively, it's just like flowing out of you. Um, yeah. So that's amazing that it came together so soon. I was, when I saw like the timeline on that, like knowing that your mom just passed just over a year ago and this yeah. journal coming out so soon, I was like, how did she have the capacity to create in this, in this state of grief, because I was not, I was not there in the first year of my grief. I wasn't there mentally. I wasn't, I wasn't there to even be in a state of thinking of others or thinking of the future. Um, so it's really, really amazing that you've been able to channel this and alchemize it into something so beautiful. Um, so many people who are listening now have already lost their loved one. Um, so what advice would you give to them to help them kind of fill in those gaps and feel connected to their loved ones? Like what has worked for you, like being able to connect to your mom since you don't have that journal from her? So, I mean, one, I feel like just having the conversations and making sure that you feel like they're still part of your vocabulary is so important. Um, And that's like very interesting is that like, because I've expressed how much I still want to hear new things or want to learn more about my mom, people will like randomly send me messages. And like, even one of my mom's coworkers last night, I've never had the pleasure to meet her, but she sent me a message. She's like, I just want to let you know, like one of the last days of school that your mom was still with us. Like we sat together during the planning period and she was just telling me how excited she was to have another granddaughter. And 
Mm-hmm. Like it made me so happy to hear those things. So I think, yes, maintaining this open door policy of like, yes, please continue to have these conversations. Like, please continue to, to tell me about my person. And I, I personally love talking about her. So I think for me, that's been helpful. Um, that is like another resource I've created. It's like nothing massive, but I have created like conversation memory cards. Um, because with my mother-in-law, when she passed away, um, it was very important for my husband and his brother to have almost like a family tradition where we would all like visit her gravesite and kind of sit together and talk about her memories. And I remember just feeling so almost like a daunting feeling like, Hey, what was your favorite memory of my mother-in-law? And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, that's like a big ask because I just want to honor her the way that she deserves. So, um, I think it's like my teacher brain and it's in my wheelhouse to kind of take a big overarching topic and break it down into something more like bite-sized and small. So I have these like downloadable um, conversation cards that people can can pull off my website. And it's just like conversation starters and it's supposed to like help jog memory. And it again, like, because I'm a teacher, like those are things I do in my classroom, right? To get yeah. my kids talking. So I'm like, okay, this, if my, you know, 15 year old students can do this about like a book we're reading or whatever, Like we can also do this as adults with people that we love, you know. Okay, friends, as your griefy bestie, I will never share a resource or product with you that I have not myself tried or had success with, which is why I want to share with you an amazing app I've been using and loving the last few months. The GriefWorks app is like one-on-one grief therapy in your pocket. Renowned psychotherapist Julia Samuel created this app to provide high quality support that you can turn to at any moment. She's distilled everything she's learned in her 30 plus years of bereavement counseling into something you can download for immediate support, all for the price of a coffee a week. GriefWorks includes a 28 session self led course and 30 plus tools, including meditations, a daily journal, and even workouts. I've been loving the evening yoga routine before bed and the mindful reflection exercises. There is even one to help you connect with your loved one, which you know I'm all about. You get live one-to-one text chat support with empathetic bereavement counselors anytime you need and live group sessions with Julia herself every single month. Learn ways to gently let hope and happiness back in and open yourself up to a future where you can hold your love for your person you lost while embracing your present and your future ahead. Download GriefWorks app at illumiapps.com slash Elise for 10% off your annual subscription. That's Illumi, I-L-L-U-M-E, apps.com slash Elise for 10% off your annual subscription. Now back to the show. So um, yeah, the conversations I think are for me the number one thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel that too. I try to bring my partner into conversation with people and um you can tell if it makes someone un- a little uncomfortable, but you just have to find those right moments, you know, for sitting down in a restaurant with friends. I'd be like, man, you know, you know, he loved to order this off the menu, like just little things like that to bring them into the present, into the conversation. Um, you mentioned a little bit to me that you have some synchronicities and signs with your mom, even yes. just in this first year. What has, how has she shown up for you? Oh my gosh. So many ways. Um I, well, one, I now like demand excellence from my mom. And I feel a little bad that I, because like I figured out that like she can send them, like if something doesn't feel good enough, I'm like, no, I need something better, you know? Oh my goodness. um, (laughs) It's so funny. But um, initially, like the number six was an important number because that was the last day that I saw her. 
And so that's what I had asked for. And I remember like two days after I asked for it, um, my I don't set an alarm anymore. I have like children, right? And um, my older daughter, she was home. My youngest was still in the NICU, but we were home um, just resting. And we're like, okay, like when my daughter wakes up, we'll get ready for the day and we'll go to the hospital um, to take care of the youngest in the, in the NICU. Um, and at that time, my daughter was waking up anywhere between like five 30 and seven, like at this big range. And I want to say it was like two days after I asked for the six, um, my daughter started crying. I reach over, I grabbed my phone and it was six on the dot. And I was like, I like felt like these shivers and these chills through my body. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that's my mom. And I, I told my husband, he was like, yeah, maybe it's just a coincidence. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, and the next day, same thing happened, but it was 6.06. And I was like, ah, like you're leveling up, but like, you're making it known, like it's double the number, you know? Um, so that, that appears quite often. Um, I remember when my dad first came back from the trip, um, because my dad and all of my mom's friends, because my mom died on like literally the first day of the trip, they all had this like meeting and they talked and they're like, my mom planned this. They wanted, um, they knew that my mom would have wanted them to to finish the trip. So they, they all finished this two week tour of Europe. And so when my dad finally came home, um, my dad and my brother and my brother's girlfriend, my husband, my kids, we all went out to dinner. Um, and I had unknowingly like just sat in a seat and I was like, you know, I have to go to the bathroom. I got up and I came back and I realized on my chair, a child had previously been sitting there. There was a, a sticker on my chair and it was a number six, like on my chair. So just like little things like that, like she just finds a way to make it appear. Yeah. Um, and then I, and now I ask for just specific signs. I'm actually in the process. I don't know how I, I'm going to do it. If it's going to be like a blog post or like, an ebook or something, but just like all of the signs that she sent me because it's been, it's been so many. Yeah. A How lot. did you, okay. So that was pretty early on. You started receiving the six. How did you know prior to that, to, that you could ask for signs or is this something you experienced in the past and this something no. you've been doing with other loved ones or how did that no. show up for you? So one of my best friends from work, um, Micah, she lost her father I want to say seven years ago. And she would always just tell me about all of the the interactions that she still has with her dad and things that happen. And I think at the time I was still skeptical, but because I was so desperate and heartbroken that that had just happened. And I was just like, what? Like, I didn't even get to say goodbye to my mom. So I just felt this need to ask for it. Like I actually... I did it through Instagram. Like I DM'd my mom, which I knew like, obviously she's never going to read it. But like, I just sent her this like long paragraph of like everything that I felt like how much I was like, just brokenhearted. I feel like the rug was pulled out from, from under me. I, how I need my mom more than ever. Like, how are you gone? Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you are still here, please just send me sixes in any way that you can. So like, that mm-hmm. was the first like initial reaction. Um, but it was, I felt like I needed to do it. And yeah, from there, I feel like I just ask for things that like, if I'm doing something and like, I happen to see an object, I'm like, Oh, like, okay, mom, this is sitting right here. Like in the next 
you know, a couple hours, send me this. And it, it usually she has like a 24 to 48 hour turnaround time. Like it, it comes around pretty quick. So, yeah. um, but I always try to make it like very specific. So that way it's like, no doubt, you know, um, so, yeah. Yeah. That's what I suggest to people as well. Like make it something specific, but not so specific where you're like, it must show up at 6 PM on Thursday. Like you have to leave a little bit of room for spirit to play there. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I kind of similar, like, I feel like Jared can kind of deliver within, within a week. So not as fast, but I'll be, I'll be looking for it and I'll get it pretty, you know, pretty soon yeah. after I ask for something. Um, and it's just like a really fun way to play with them. Yeah. Like you said, oh. you demand, you demand excellence. It's just a way that you're, you're playing with her, you know, like, you know, we, they know, we know they can do it. So it's like, ask for the, ask for a shooting star, you know, like yeah. ask, ask for the moon um, and you'll probably get it. So yeah, I think yeah, that's no, really cool. That's funny that you brought up shooting star. Cause that was like one of the ones that I had with her. Um a friend of my mom's had texted me at Christmas time and it was like a poem about losing your mom. And then she had the shooting star emoji and it like, I was in crate and barrel and it like stopped me in my tracks. I was like tearing up and I was like, okay, mom, like I need something, send me a shooting star. And the second we get in the car, my husband turns on his like favorite Christmas song. And I forget the name of the song, but it was like the star, the star, like flying in the night with a tail as big as a kite. And I was like, Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> and then um, she had like a purse that she loved, a brand, MZ Wallace. And I'm like scrolling on my phone and one of their, I don't know, like designers or whoever, she's like, hi, I'm Elise Star, and this is the new bag. And I was like, okay, like, I don't even know anyone with the last name Star, much less like a person that represents like my mom's favorite purse brand, like mm-hmm. I mean, like literally hours after I asked for it. So I don't know. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that's amazing. There was one time um, I was staying at a cabin with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. This was like just after our, the one year anniversary of Jared passing. And my uh, sister-in-law had seen a shooting star and I missed it. Like we were sitting outside stargazing oh. and I missed it. I was like, Oh darn, I missed it. And I didn't say anything out loud, but in my mind's eye, I asked Jared, I was like, if you're here, send me like the biggest shooting star, you know? And within 20 minutes, the biggest shooting star you could ever see, like one that would be like in a painting that's so big and obvious came by and I was like, Oh my gosh. And my sister-in-law was like, that's the biggest shooting star I've ever seen. And I was like, mm-hmm, that's exactly. what I asked for. <laughs> um, so yeah, they can, they can deliver. They can deliver really quickly if we, if we ask them to. Um, okay. I want to talk a little bit more about the journal. Like what, what is the meat of the journal? Like what kind of prompts are in there to help, um, our loved ones or even we could for us to fill out for our, our children, our family members, what's in there? What kind of, what are we leaving for them? Yes. So I kind of broke it down into different categories. And so like, it kind of starts with something a little bit more fun and like, I don't know, I feel like it, it could be like doodling involved, but, um, like an about me section, just things that you always remember the little quirks and pieces of that person. So like favorite movies, favorite books, um, uh, like a playlist so you can write like a different types of songs that you can cling to when you you most need to feel them um so they have it that's where it starts and then from there it kind of like gets deeper so just about like lessons in life or there's a section for milestones like I 
I was lucky enough that, yeah, my mom was there for my wedding and she was there for the the birth of my second child. And she got to meet my, um, had a year and a half with my, my oldest daughter, but I'm thinking of like my brother, right. And he's not engaged yet and he's not married yet. He hasn't, doesn't have kids yet. And I'm like, man, like that sucks that he didn't get to experience that with my mom. So that was like, my first thought was, I wish that she could have left him notes about like milestone moments that she might miss out on. Um, so yeah, things about like weddings or parenting, college career advice. Um, but yeah, just, just general, gen, generally speaking, it's just messages I think from the heart, but again, they're very like specific or targeted to specific moments. Um, like when you're not feeling well or when you need to pick me up or when you're confused in life and you don't know what path to take, just different types of messages for those specific moments when you feel like you could could use a push from your loved one. So mm-hmm. I think I, I forget the number. There was like 50 plus different types of prompts in there. So there's a- are you oh, filling yeah. one out for your own children? Yes, that's the plan. Um, I, I wrote it specifically so that if someone wanted to just have a generic one, that they would leave different messages to different people, they could. But I personally feel as if the messages that I would write to each child would change based off like their personality. So yes, um, once I have a little bit more free time and um, I feel like I'm in a spot where I can do that. Yeah, I think I think right now it's a little triggering for me. Like, although I created it, it's like hard for me to think of like me not being there for them. So it, it is yeah. a little bit hard. But um, I, yeah, I think when I'm in a, a good spot, I'm going to start filling one out for each each girl. So yeah, see. that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you have any last words of wisdom for our listeners, people who are grieving? Wow. Um, what have you learned over the last year that you'd like to share? You know, I've learned that it's very important to talk about what you're going through while you're grieving. Cause I think there's this misconception that it's just something like everyone goes through it and you know, you have the funeral and then it's like time to move on. And I don't know where we've gotten this mentality from because yes, if everyone goes through it, we know how long it sticks with us and how impactful it is and how much it changes our perspective on life. So for me, I feel like it's very important to talk to people that are grieving and then also be very open about your grief because I kind of like to use the analogy or like it's, it's almost like when you're pregnant and you have a baby and if you only talk about like, Oh, it it was beautiful. And, um, you know, I would do it again in a heartbeat, but it's like, no, like you need to let moms know, like what to anticipate when you're having your baby. Right. Like there's all of these things that could go wrong. And like, I feel like we just glaze over things sometimes. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, like you don't want to scare someone, but you do want to give them like the foresight to understand like how much it could change your life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think for me, the biggest takeaway and what I've learned is it's important to talk about and also connect with other people who are grieving because I feel like you you share things that like I've learned from and like vice versa. And so it's just so important to create those connections and have like a grief community and talk about it. 
Yeah. I also really love that you've kind of gone with a comedic angle on your Instagram of like, <laughs> just bringing like lightheartedness to the, to grace. Sometimes you're like, yeah, this fucking sucks. Like <laughs> here's, you know, I don't know. One of your reels was really funny. And I don't remember, I don't remember what it was now, but just being like, no, like I'm not okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for well, asking. I mean, exactly. Well, it's funny. Cause like, that's, that's my mom's personality. Like, I yeah. feel like I've gained that from her, but like, she was just, she was always that type of person that would just make everything into a joke or make everything comical. And so I was like, my mom would want this for me, you know, that's how she would want me to handle it. I know it. And so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to make it seem like grieving is a joke, but I do think that it's important to make grief fit with like your personality too, you know, and that's the type of person I am. So that's just yeah. how I'm expressing myself, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Some of some of us laugh away our emotions and that's okay. Or use, use fun, lightheartedness to like cope and yeah. that's totally okay. And it's good to show that side. It's not always like sad, crying, um, yeah. you know, can't get out of bed moments. Yeah. You know, it's, there's a lot of duality there. Um, how can people, is the journal available for people to purchase now? Where can they find yeah. it? How can they connect with you? Tell us all the things. Yeah. So the journal is on Amazon. Um, I'm also in the process of looking out for local independent bookstores because I would much rather have it there, but that's a work in the pro- a work in progress, but yes, on Amazon, you can search for legacy letters journal with, um, my name, Kara Sanchez. Um, and then on Instagram, I am at legacy letters journal. Um, and I try to post not only things about the journal, but like what you said, like funny grief memes or reels or just like relatable stuff that I think I know that people can, um, connect with. And then I do have a website, um, legacyletters.journal.com. And then that's also my email. So legacyletters.journal at gmail.com. So Lots of ways to connect with the same, I guess, handle. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'll put all of that in the show notes as well as the link for people to purchase the journal if they'd like to. Um, thank you so much for being here, Kara. It was so yeah, good to talk to you. Sure. Um, keep checking in and tell us all the signs that you get because it sounds like your mom is, she's really talented on the other yeah. side. <laughs> she, she, she's on fire. <laughs> yeah. It tracks. So, <laughs> yeah, would love to continue that conversation and keep here. I love, I think I need to do like an entire episode where people just send in little voice memos of them receiving signs. I feel like Sign. that'd be fun. You should. Yeah. You should. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, friends, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Grief Awakening Podcast. If you liked this episode, be sure to leave it a rating and a review, and don't forget to hit that plus sign button or the follow button so you don't miss another episode. As always, any resources mentioned during this episode will be listed in the show notes below. And if you'd like to reach out to me, feel free to do so via email or on Instagram at intuitively underscore Elise. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.